Repetitive motion and repetitive action helps to create more of a blank slate for you to be able to receive because you're getting your mind out of the way and you're much more open for new information to come to you. Today, we're going to be talking about how to utilize different types of walking meditation to create more clarity so you can be more receptive to your guides. Welcome to the Modern Life and Spirit Podcast, where we explore spiritual topics relevant to today's world. Your hosts, certified psychic medium, Christina Wooten, and Reiki master teacher, Robert Wooten, break down how to work with spirit to create more positive growth in your life. Consider this podcast your go-to spiritual resource for navigating the modern world. Hello, Kindred Spirits. Welcome to our podcast, Sacred Space, here at Modern Life and Spirit. I'm Robert Wooten, here with certified psychic medium, Christina Wooten. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. And as the weather is starting to shift, hopefully it's getting better in your part of the country. My grandmother always said, March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb, or it comes in like a lamb and goes out like a lion. So far this month, it seems like it's been all lion. For out here, at least, for sure. Right. It seems to be getting better here. Maybe it's also improving wherever you are today. So as we're thinking about that here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're moving towards spring, and that is going to make, you know, want to get people want to get outside. You're going to want to get out and move around more. We've been stuck inside so much, and then, you know, feet of snow has been keeping a lot of people inside. And so as you're thinking about getting outside, you don't have to give up on things that you've been doing inside, like perhaps your meditations. And so today we're going to share three different types of meditations that you can take with you on your walks. So they're three walking meditations, but they're a little bit different than what you might think of as your traditional, although we do include one of those in there. So we hope you enjoy learning about how to move your meditation outside and also how to be moving while you're doing your meditation. I love movement meditation because there is a misconception with meditation. One, we all know how important it is, how important it is to get out of our mind, to be able to be truly perceptive to the real nature of reality, which is perceived not through our mind. So the beauty of meditation is creating that space, that openness, that awareness of spirit, our spirit self, and more and more is able to be perceived that way. And it's so critical to have that openness when we're going into talking about things like intuitive development or when you're in a crossroads in your life and you're trying to make changes or when you're just wanting to be more perceptive to the spirit world. You know, perhaps you've lost someone who's crossed over and you want to make a deeper level of connection. All of that requires space within, space within your mind to perceive and to be aware of space within your body, just a general sense of expansiveness. And so there is a misconception with meditation that it has to take place in this isolated environment. And it has to take place in a certain pattern and for a certain length of time in this exact process, in this exact way. And I think those the old rules of meditation really prevent so many people from enjoying the full benefits of meditation from bringing Mm -hmm. it into your life and there is a part of you that is in meditation all the time that is in that sense of unity with all things and spaciousness all the time so being able to bring that into your life no matter what it is that you're doing is the real purpose 
of meditation, not having to be separate outside right. of yeah. life in this little bubble, and that that container is you know where that version of you exists. Now that becomes a seed that grows something. The beauty of meditation is that it is to become really how we look and perceive the world through a meditative lens, through a sense of unity with all things. So I love that you're bringing this up. I hope that it helps to just give everyone, and myself included, some new ideas about ways to integrate meditation into your life. I'm sure that I am not the only one seeing all these, you know, massive snowfall dumps everywhere that has really felt that craving to just be outside and be moving the body. Right. I think something you said there was really critical, and that's the idea of unity and the idea of balance coming from unity. As you know, I'm a person about movement. Mm -hmm. I, I do better when I move. If I sit too long, I don't do as well. My body heals when I move. I think when I move, I'm moving right now. Actually, I should have a treadmill underneath this <laughs> where I'm here recording this. And so I have to honor that, right? I have to, You have to understand that if you're a person that does like to move, you can't be in complete denial of that aspect mm -hmm. of who you are, how you're designed by forcing yourself to always only meditate by sitting on a cushion or sitting on the floor or whatever in a chair and not moving all of the time. Yes, mm -hmm. you need to do that to find balance. And yes, you need to do that to reach these deeper states. But that's not the only way to do it, right? You can also meditate while you're moving in some way. Yoga is a profound way. It is designed to be meditative in its heart. We have sort of co-opted here in the United States that yoga is something about exercise. And yes, it is a good way to maintain physicality and limberness mm -hmm. and flexibility and those things. But that's not its purpose. Its purpose is a harmony between the mind and the body and the spirit. And the different asanas are designed to help you move this energy through each of those three aspects of yourself. And so walking is another form of that to me. Mm -hmm. So we'll begin with what would be considered a more traditional form of walking meditation. And I was first introduced to it, like probably a lot of people were, by the Vietnamese Zen Buddhist Thich Nhat Hanh. And he was a founder of what we would consider the modern mindfulness movement. Mm -hmm. And his many of his teachings encompassed this idea of whatever you're doing, you do it in complete mindfulness. So when he introduced this version of a walking meditation to most people, it was something very different than what other people had experienced. When we talk about this form of meditation, it is very slow. I'll be honest, I have struggled with this one because it is so slow. Thich Nhat Hanh's intention with this one was to slow you down to a version of paying complete attention to what is happening. So the fundamentals of it are you take a breath in and you take a step. Mm -hmm. Breathe out and you take a step. You breathe in, you take a step, you breathe out, you take a step. And so that would obviously be very, very slow. Mm -hmm. So you can add a mantra to it, which Thich Nhat Hanh advised doing. And it's something like, stepping with my left foot, I breathe in. Stepping with my right foot, I breathe out. And so that engages your mind in a way to be focused on what it is you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. You're taking a step and breathing, taking a step 
and breathing. And then while you're doing that, you're also noticing the pressure of your foot on the ground. As you step, you feel that step completely. As your body weight shifts to go to the next step, you notice that body weight shift. When your next foot comes forward and touches the ground as you're breathing out, you become completely aware of that. And so this whole walk is paying attention to those things. Your contact with the earth, the movement of your body, the movement of your breath, and that's pretty much it. And so I recommend, first off, I should have started with this, but I recommend obviously being in a very safe place while you're doing this because you're going to be moving very slowly and you know, not doing it next to a busy road, for instance, mm-hmm. would be very distracting. Somewhere in a nice quiet park would be a good place. And this is going to be necessarily probably a shorter walk because you're probably going to do this about 10 or 15 minutes because that's about how far you're going to go in about yeah, 10 or 15 minutes. I think you'd have to really build up your stamina for that level of slowness and mm-hmm. intentionality so that even if you're just doing, say, two minutes or three minutes of this type of walking that you allow yourself to build on it, I think if you overstress, you know, where you're trying to do 15 minutes of that, it might feel very overwhelming right. and really stressful so that it becomes less of a enjoyment. You know, I think that it, you can combine the two where it can be a, a process of unfolding. You're exactly right. And a lot of times this version of the walking meditation was what you did after you had been sitting for maybe 30 minutes or an hour and traditional meditation and you needed to get up and move. Your mind is already in that slow space. Mm -hmm. Your body is already in that slow space. And so you just gently stand from your cushion and you very slowly walk across, you know, the meditation hall or out the door or something, but you're already in that place. So I think if you were to just walk out the door and immediately try to engage (laughs) in this, it would be very hard. I like the idea, though, of like right after Savasana, like this might be a good transition where you're just coming out of, you know, a deeper meditative state or maybe how you begin your day that it will help. Right. That's one version of it. It's very, like I said, very slow. It's very intentional. Mm -hmm. Your mindfulness is only on those three things that you're doing. You can put your gaze slightly ahead of you, looking at the ground or at your feet if you need to watch where you're stepping. And so don't do this in the dark. Obviously, (laughs) I think that's a good idea also. So do it in a place that you feel comfortable and safe and Mm -hmm. could be around your yard. Yeah. It could just be somewhere very small around your whole house, you know, just do Mm -hmm. maybe a couple of laps around your house and then walk back inside. And if you want to continue your meditation, you could do that or you could go ahead and begin your daily ritual or it could be at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's how you end your day is with this type of nice, slow right. unwinding. So number two is similar in the sense that you're going to begin slowly and we're going to continue a nice slow pace in the walk, but you're going to be adding a mindfulness element to to the walk that you're going to be doing. We're not going to be listening to you know, a news brief in your ears or something, and you're not going to be talking to someone Mm -hmm. while you're doing this kind of walk. This is intentionally adding a mindfulness element, a meditative element to your walk. Now, you could listen to a nice, slow, meditative music if you wanted to, but I would recommend at first not listening to anything on this version of this walk. So, again, you start slow, step by step, and left foot, you feel the left foot as it touches the ground and you breathe in, right foot as you breathe out, and then you can gradually 
speed your pace up a little bit into what is a comfortable walking pace for you. Again, not trying to get exercise out of it, but just movement. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be more of a medium length walk, probably 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. While again, be somewhere you're safe. I'd recommend for this particular one, maybe like a nature path or someplace that is you can continue to you know walk without walking into traffic. Yeah, there's no traffic <laughs> in your blissful, walking. ecstatic state of one oneness and unity. Right, exactly. And so you want to be somewhere that you feel safe. Uh, and somewhere in nature would be best, most beneficial for this version. And here's why. As you're walking and you begin to find the rhythm, uh, matching your breathing with your steps. So it's something like maybe as you're breathing in a nice deep breath and you can take three steps while you're doing that. So you breathe in, one, two, three. You breathe out, one, two, Three, and then you'll find this rhythm. Whatever, if, if that doesn't work for you, then Whatever's find the rhythm that works. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever feels natural as you're walking along slowly. You may only get two steps in per breath, depending on how deep you're breathing. And you're paying attention to your breathing and your steps, and then your breathing and then your steps. And you're looking forward as to where you're walking. And then as you find this rhythm, you pay more attention to your feet touching the ground. You feel each foot as it rolls, starting you know, moving from one to the other, and you Mm -hmm. recognize the reverence of walking on Mother Earth, you're connecting with Mother Earth. And in truth, we're never truly separated from Mother Earth. We are always in the realm of being totally connected with Mother Earth. And so as you continue this nice, slow pace, being aware of your contact with the Earth, notice other things about the Earth. If there's grass and you're walking on the grass, perhaps you're barefooted walking on the grass or walking on a dirt path, Notice that. Notice the grass. Notice if there are flowers. If you smell the flowers or you can smell the grass, be aware of that. And what you're doing is you're connecting deeper and deeper to your natural environment as you're walking. You're deepening your meditative state. You're becoming one with the walk and one while you're breathing through the walk. You're breathing the energy in of where you are, of your time and place. And you just continue your walk forward, only thinking of those things, only thinking of, here's a flower, look how pretty that flower is, the beauty of that flower as you pass it. Here are blades of grass, the beauty of those blades of grass, the functionality of them. Don't get too deep into what they do or how Mm -hmm. they become. Just be aware that they are there. Perhaps you see a bird on a branch. You honor the sight of that bird and its connection with Mother Earth. You see a bee perhaps doing its thing on the flowers. You honor the flower. You honor the bee by recognizing it. And you move on on your walk. Continuing your nice slow pace. Don't be distracted and don't lose yourself in too much thinking about these other things as they come through. And it's much similar to how when you're meditating and a thought will come to you while you're meditating. You see the thought, you honor the thought, and you let it go right on by. Mm -hmm. And as you're walking through nature... You see the things, you honor the things, and you walk right on by them. So Mm -hmm. you're the thing that's flowing through now. And so you're adding this mindfulness element of being aware of where you are and what you're doing, but you're not letting it get carried away and carry you away and carry your thoughts away. You're staying in this nice, Mm -hmm. slow, meditative state. And so if you are walking in a place that has a natural 
turn around or if it has a natural end and you turn around and come back, you'll know where you end this. Yeah. But if you don't know that, you might want to set an alarm or a distance meter mm-hmm. and then you can bring yourself back up to your normal pace or your normal awareness if you need to be more aware, like to get in your car and drive, for instance. I did this type of meditation in a labyrinth here in Sedona. Mm-hmm. and I, a Labyrinth is a perfect I, place for and that. And I did it barefoot. And I very vividly remember the energy that was present there. I walked this labyrinth so many times, but there was something about really every moment, every bit and molecule of presence that I could muster was there with me in that time, in that walking meditation. And it was so grounding and so nourishing and and incredibly, I felt like a deeper healing had taken place as a result of that gift of presence and that awareness and connection with the soul and with the energy of the labyrinth at the same time. It was something so transformative that was born of that. Right. Yeah, I love a labyrinth idea for that. That's the perfect place to do this type of meditating walk. And so number three is one that I have sort of created in response to a way that I normally walk and the way that I love to engage my mind while I'm trying to walk. Or maybe it's a form of disengaging my mind. So I found this while I was out listening to a book one day, and I like to listen to books while I walk. And this book, ironically, was a book on meditation and mindfulness. And even while I was doing this, I was fully aware of the irony (laughs) of listening to a book on meditation and mindfulness while I was out walking doing something else. But I felt like it honored who I am, a person of movement. And so I just went with it. And while I was doing it, I began to notice that my mind would drift off from the audio. You know, I would be walking along at a pretty good pace and listening to this meditation or listening to this you know, discussion on mindfulness. And I would just sort of drift away, like distracted by what was going on around me, looking at something else, or maybe thinking too deeply, trying to process what the person in the book was saying. But eventually what happened was I was able to gain control of what my mind was thinking and focus more completely on what was being said because I found myself having to back up occasionally and listen to that again and again. So what I began to do was focus my breathing, become aware of what my body was doing, set my pace, I slowed it down a bit, set my pace, and then I could listen to this book and then focus entirely on what was being said. Now the path I was walking was one I walk all the time. It's very safe, there's no traffic. So I, I didn't have to be paying complete attention to what was happening around me at that moment. And so I could listen while I was walking and my body sort of took off on its own in its own pace that it was used to while I was listening to this book. So I tried a different version of it where I went out and listened to meditation music. Now, before I went out, I slowed myself down. I found my breathing. I found my walking pace. And then I turned on the music and began to walk more or less in beat with how slow the music was. And I was able to do that even deeper where I could fully engage with the internal process while my body carried on and did its did its walk while I was in nature. Now, I do recognize this is sort of the opposite of mindfulness. I call it inverse mindfulness. It's almost like what long distance runners do. When you're out mm-hmm. doing a really long distance run, it hurts. And so you try to find ways to have your mind 
not pay attention to the pain. And so you are focusing on other things. And many runners nowadays will put in very specific music beats that their feet can match the rhythm the music is playing. And it allows them to establish this very steady, regular pattern. But meanwhile, their minds are off doing other things. And for me, that idea is, it's a meditative mind. So you are meditating while you're walking. Your body is carrying on at a pace, but you're listening to this music or in finding a place of silence and quiet and peacefulness inside you while you're walking along. You're not paying attention to the things around you. You're not looking like we did before at nature. You're just walking and meditating. So it sounds like you're allowing and honoring the automatic processes and trusting Mm -hmm. in the automatic processes of your body to move forward, to do what it needs to do, to you know, find the direction, to find the breath, to find the pace, and allowing yourself to exist in awareness outside of that. Right. I see this as a hybrid version, almost, of the first two, where in the one, we're paying, you're moving very slowly, and you're paying complete attention to the walking process. Number two, you're more being aware of what's going on around you, your mindfulness in the moment, you're engaging your mind. And in this third version, it's a version of your mind is, your your body is doing its automatic movement. You've found that rhythm. It moves at its pace. But your mind is moving deeper. Yeah. So if I were to describe these three different styles, I'd say that one is focusing your mind and body and earth connection and slowing down. Number two is more geared towards awareness of the environment that you're walking in. And number three is more for focusing your mind while your body is engaged in doing something else. I really appreciate you sharing just the variety or the spectrum that happens when we talk about walking meditation, that there's such a variety of things that we can be mindful towards and different ways that, you know, you can experiment and find that pace and that pattern and that feeling that you're really looking for. And I appreciate that, you know, it really doesn't take us a whole lot of time to get into that state of connection when we are fully present. One thing that I think is so valuable, not just in this methodology, but, you know, looking at spiritual systems across the world is physicality is included, you know, honoring the physical body as a vehicle and as a means of helping us to achieve that sensitive state of oneness, that state of receptivity. The more that we allow ourselves to move and to move with the flow of energy, however sacred movement shows up for you in your life, whether it's dancing, whether it's walking, whatever, whether it's doing yoga asanas, that we become more receptive. And when we're receptive, we're able to receive those messages from our higher self. We're able to receive those messages from our spirit guides that maybe we were blocking earlier. But also the beauty of movement is helping to naturally clear blockages within the energy system because you're grounding. As you begin to ground, you open those energy centers more. You give more fuel to your chakras. You bring all of that power and that energy throughout the harmonization of your whole system and strengthen your physical body, which strengthens your energetic body, which therefore in turn allows you to go higher and higher states of frequency and higher and higher places. We can only 
go as far up as we are grounded. So this is just a beautiful energetic blend of, you know, honoring the, it's like the yin and yang of things, honoring that movement can create stillness. Right. And that it also brings forward a higher form of receptivity. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope that you'll take the time to find one of these three concepts, apply them and see how they work in your life. Get outside, honor the earth, honor your environment, respect all those things, and then find some way to move through it and be one with it. I would suggest that, you know, after you give this a try and you create that spaciousness, then use that time while you're walking to talk with your guides. You're in a more open state, you're in a more open place, and you're able to receive at a higher level. See how that works for you. Some people find that it that repetitive movement, your brain becomes occupied and busy with the repetitive, and therefore it's able to be out of the way and you can receive at higher and higher levels. So I encourage you, if you want to develop your intuition more, to definitely give that a try. Many blessings. The Modern Life and Spirit podcast is for informational purposes only. The information provided is not intended to provide medical, psychological, legal, or financial advice. Information provided is not to diagnose or treat any medical or psychological illness. To read the full disclaimer, see SedonaMedium.com.